At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Before we continue where we left off, let's hear who we have at the table, players and characters. Hannah, will you begin? I am Hannah, playing Winnie, Guardian of the Shared Sky. Brennan? I am Brennan, playing Arcos Gerard, brother of Feria. And Rob? I'm Rob, playing Magnus Vale, master of day and night. And I am Amelia Som, your GM. And this is Guildfellows, The Quiet Cataclysm. And by the time you all descend the mountain, nightfall is drawing near. It's not quite the dead of night. Um, The sun has begun to go over the horizon. You would call it twilight, except the stars are still entirely blocked out by the clouds. As you make your way back toward... Um, the camp where the rest of your crew is. Uh, You would know this to be a little ways north, just a couple miles um, from Briar, a semi-permanent camp where, you know, members of the Browl are stationed. It's about the size, it's roughly the size of a small village with the exception of having a much higher density due to uh, people being housed in barracks. Um, do you guys, I would, I don't think you guys actually stopped by. I think on the way in you scouted or you had someone scout um, and you chose for expediency to go around with the idea of, you know, if we take out the thing at the source of the evil volcano, we can deal with everything else afterward. Um, the people down here, the Archenaids, uh, where there everyone was waiting for a 
big sign of your success, which they didn't quite get. Um, the skies did not part. There was lightning, which was typical uh, for the time. And you all having a rather anticlimactic experience at the top of the mountain, elected to head down to camp to figure out your next steps while also trying to figure out what you would tell everyone. Do you wish to have any in-character conversations on this journey downward? Or would you like to fast forward to being in camp? I've got one thing I would I would like to... <clears throat> Witty Magnus, have we decided which one of us will deliver our victory speech, if it can be called that? I think it should be called that, regardless. I think it would be unwise to, I don't know, sort of undercut our own authority by flatly telling the whole world that something didn't happen when everyone's clearly expecting something to happen. But I don't think I'm the right person to have this conversation for sort of reputational reasons. I'm not really a good rally-the-troops sort of person. But I'm very happy to give notes on the speech that does get given. Because I think we have a unique opportunity here to shape our perception for the next several years and sort of shape how the world reacts to this. So I think this might be... I think Julian is right. That this is probably an important moment. So we should think carefully about what we want to say. Yeah, I think we should frame this as a win regardless. I don't think there's anything wrong with giving people some hope and some confidence in us and with the progress that we're making. So, yeah. I mean, I can do it. I I don't know, if Arcos, if you want to do it. I know you kind of like the fame and glory thing. I don't want to take that from you if you want it. Well, <clears throat> okay. Well, I don't want to table talk and ask your persuasion score, but <laughs> is there a per- uh, my persuasion score is a d six plus one? Don't I be cowards a- about it. <laughs> I got a d. I got a d twelve. If you oh, want, damn. Magnus okay. Is- yeah. <laughs> Shit. Oh. <laughs> so okay. don't be cowards. <laughs> don't let the numbers dictate your life. Julian and I are going to be conjuring cards in the front row of the audience to tell you some key points. <laughs> but otherwise, I have the utmost faith that you can do this well. Can, so, can, can we do that, Amelia? Can we? Can I have like title cards? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, as, as long like... as you think you can deliver a speech with the... If you can, like... Have you ever, have you done a speech before like this in front of a lot of people? Oh, <laughs> has he done a speech before? Oh, bet your ass. This dude loves giving speeches. That's all he does. <laughs> all right. Have you read off a cue cards before? Uh, well, normally I speak from the heart, which is all the time. Ah. Um. But normally I'm standing over the corpse of a blighted being wrought with chaos energy I've rooted out by the holy energy of Fira. I mean, we still got that. It's just, a, like, we just left it behind. We still, like, did that. Just there's a, somewhere a else. Lot, there's a lot more thunder when it's with... I think... I've never used title cards before, but this seems like a good time to start. Yes, now, 
I mostly am trusting in your ability to, to improvise, but I will be giving you some key points. It doesn't have to be word for word what's on the cards, but we want to make sure that certain messages come across. Such um, as? Well, uh, principally that Magnus has done nothing wrong. <laughs> uh, that the world is uh, safe for the moment. That we defeated a great foe at the top of Mount Frular, and that we have a war of faith to wage in unifying the entirety of the continent against a common evil. Simple elementary yeah. stuff. Could you really. say that uh, last Magnus, part can I make a can I make a note on that? Yes, yes, Julian, what do you have? Yeah, I think I mean if you if someone was giving me a speech right. and part of the speech was Magnus did nothing wrong. Yeah, that, that does make it sound like is that, that Magnus you did do definitely something fucked wrong. shit up. Yeah. So maybe we just don't say anything at all, because they're not gonna know. See, this is why we need people in the writer's room <laughs> for this sort of feedback. I agree. Lay low. In fact, I probably shouldn't even be there at all. I can just leave the whole speech thing up to you, Julian. You seem like you've got it. Uh, Wait, you want you want me to do the cue cards by myself, then? No, honestly, it sounds too much fun. I think I want to participate anyway. <laughs> I'm just saying you're doing great, and I, I appreciate your feedback. Uh, yeah. Where were we? I think Arcos had a question. Yeah, I was hoping you could rephrase for me that bit about the continental warfare. Oh, well, I've sort of been reflecting on our, our journey down the mountain, and I think that we're not so much in a... I think the war is very much still ongoing. I think that we misunderstood on which front we were waging a war, uh, how do I phrase this? I think I talked to a deity on the mountain, and reflecting that deity is the, the brow, the deity of uncertainty. Now, Arcos, what is your god's domain? Uh, certainty, order, justice, a balanced scale. And how well were you able to talk to your deity and conjure up her powers up there? Well... <sighs> difficult question to answer. I felt like contact was made on my end. It's... I just did not receive a direct sign in the form that I'm used to feeling. Uh, what are you getting at, Magnus? Well, it sounds like what you just described to me is that you felt uncertain about your ability to contact the God of Certainty. Which would indicate that currently... The domain that has the most power over this land is a divine domain of uncertainty that is championed by the Browd and led by the forces of the Hooded Lantern, etc. Which means that since the continent is in a time where there's few kings, few laws, no cultural coherence, very difficult uh, you know, transportation, and transmission of information, that uncertainty is practically the order of the day every day around here. So, I think, it's not so much about felling a great enemy on top of Mount Frular as it is sort of winning the war of the flow of magic and divinity. It's kind of a complicated subject. We're getting into some deep metaphysical territory. Julian, are you following what I'm saying? 
Yeah, no, I've been writing all this down. <laughs> oh, thank God. I surprises me to say it, but in such theological terms, I I follow Magnus. I little nervous. I'm not quite experienced with nation building as I am with demon felling, but I believe you have a point. What I could do with your brain is the envy of me sometimes. Thank you. That was a nice compliment, Arcos. I wish sometimes that you had my brain as well. Mm. All right, well, we can quit. Pat ourselves on the back here get, get, get move on on this. But no, I think, I think Magnus, you're probably right. Having a hero of Furia, a warrior of certainty, if you will, would be inspiring in this, in this time of uncertainty. Might even help combat some things. I, I'm glad you are... I'm glad this doesn't sound insane. I wasn't sort of sure until I said it all out like that. Could have fooled me. And I know a lot about being sure. What am I talking about? We must be certain. Certainty is a commodity that we cannot afford to squander. I know I'm right. We must be right. And I think that we're doing the right thing. Right? Magnus, I've asked you this many times before, but I'm wondering if the answer has changed. Do you think out loud outside of your brain... I think I'm thinking in a lot of different directions at a given time, Arcos, including inside and outside my brain. So, uh, yes. Truly incredible. I'm kind of a one-tracked man myself. Okay, so, the speech then. Arcos, do you understand the assignment? Absolutely. We've defeated the great evil, and... There's still work left to be done. We're living in uncertain times. And it's our job to band together, to heal the broken nation, and to put pieces together into a whole. And we With should, a W. We should let them know that we are confident in our directions and that we know where we are going. Perfect. You're a natural. I know that you would be able to do this. Great. Uh, so, Julian and I will get started on some of the cards. We'll find some fancy phrasing for you to use. We'll even throw in some fun ones, just sort of like extra points if you can work this phrase into the speech, you know what I mean? We can make it a little game. Uh, I need to meet with the Arcanades uh, about the, the fight that's going to come after the speech. Are we still wanting to go destroy the camp? I believe we have time. Winnie? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, if it's gonna help, if we can get some information out of him. Sure. Okay. Wonderful. Um, as you say, wonderful, you hear, excellent. And, Magnus, you recognize this voice as... Um, you didn't give me names for the Arcanaid, so I just named them. Do yes, you have names for them? Uh, no, I do not. Okay. I you left rec- this to you. Excellent. Um, you recognize the voice of Ilya, who is the Grand Arcanaid of Temporal Magic. Um, Amazing. Who um, recently, just now, approached you all. All right. Um you want me to take you in? 
Oh, hello, Ilya. Did not see you there. Uh, yeah, I've been, you know, trying to work on sneaking up on people, so. Uh, well, job well done. S- seems that the lightning dulled my senses. Usually I could hear your footsteps quite well. But not oh, I teleported in. Oh, very good. Yes, Temporal then. magic and all yeah. that, so. Uh, yes, sure, let's go, please. All right, everybody grab hands. And as soon as you all uh, connect the circuit, um, you are instantly teleported. Uh, roughly, I don't know, somewhere around a thousand feet. The camp itself is concealed under illusion. Your camp being much, much smaller than the briar. I, I described the briar as a war camp the size of a village. Y'all's is like an actual like campsite um, with the Grand Arcanaids. A few other trusted people, there's maybe like 20-ish who you, 20-ish skilled laborers and fighters um, who are incredibly trustworthy that you guys brought with you on this excursion. All right, here we are. How did it go? We were waiting for a signal and... um, is it good that there wasn't one? Is it bad? I didn't really hear you guys. I heard you talking about a speech, but I didn't hear exactly anything really before that. Uh, Should I wait for the speech? Yes. We are going to need to make a grand announcement to the people of Koira once we have completed our mission here. Um, because, well, for reasons that we won't get into necessarily... Right at this moment, there has been some uh, complicated developments that are difficult to explain uh, beyond just we destroyed a magical thing and the world is better, even though that is very much what happened. Um, All right, so um, do you want me to get the rest of the Arcanaids? Do you want me to gather everyone at the camp? Are we going out to Briar or... What what happens now? Kind of looking at Magnus and then looking at Arcos and then Winnie and then briefly at Julian and then be like, wait, no. And then going back to Magnus. <laughs> mm. Ilya, where are the other Grand Arcanades at this moment? Um, they're they're just in the war room. I say war room. It's it's just the big tent. Of course. I would like to talk to all four of you alone in a moment here uh companions is there anything that you would like to do with me before that no go talk to your people okay Fairly is blessing upon you of course <laughs> um yeah uh i would like to gather Ilya and the other uh gas uh for like a private little like heart to heart yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Ilya takes you to the rest of your graduate assistants and <laughs> you head toward... That is so yes. what they are, too. <laughs> yeah. You head toward uh, the war room, which is, you know, a pretty simple tent. There are, uh, there's, you know, the quintessential table in the center part of it describes this geological region with uh, information about the briar and the information about who they've seen coming and going from the camp 
they've had some people do some reconnaissance about what the layout looks like how many buildings how many people any you know arcane protections any physical protections and all of that um and then there's some storage of like some of the nicer weaponry and things that are kept safe here toward the center um but you see uh jasper and kiri are kind of mumbling, moving things around, talking. Uh, Ralph is just sitting off on the side uh, with a book as Ilya leads you inward. So it was Ilya, Jasper, Ralph, and what was the fourth name? Did you say the fourth name? Kiri. Kiri. Um, okay. Also, Kiri uses they, them pronouns. Ilya. All the rest, I don't know. I I assume I just kind of give they to everyone as like a side thing because it's fantasy world. But Jasper and Routh are like he him or he they, and then Ilya is like she her. Wonderful. Uh so uh the Grand Archimedes, of course, are we're all students of Magnus, and as we've sort of alluded to, are sort of his graduate assistants. To, if he's like the master magician, they are sort of his. Uh, entourage that now like sort of run their own magical schools of their own different concentrations um these people magnus is known for quite a long time is it just us in this war tent it is just the four of you now okay um so magnus is going to come in um with julian of course um and going to sort of clear his throat and say hello class how's everyone doing uh, Jasper, everyone kind of stands up a little bit, um, not quite at like military level attention, but in the way you do when someone who is your superior that you have respect for comes back, there is a palpable sense of relief and also a slight tension of uncertainty, having seen you come back in one piece. Um, Jasper says, hello. Hello. Um, and Magnus, I think, clocks the uncertainty, like you says, and is like now very fixated on this concept of like confidence and certainty in the face of this. So I think that like he is trying to like cut the seriousness more. Like he his like teaching style personality has always been like everything's a joke, nothing is real. He is like, I think, noticeably like more like uptight professorial in this moment. Um, and he says, Hello. As I'm sure you all are wondering. Things did not necessarily go to plan on Mount Frular. But before we get into all of that why, we need to have a remedial lesson about the nature of magic, the nature of divinity, and the nature of cycles. You all are all my students, and I need your help. Now, who can explain to me the idea of, let's say, how does one get magic from a god? Go. Um, they uh, kind of just stand there a little bit. Uh, like, you just came down from like fighting the big bad and you're schooling them on like pretty rudimentary magic, like 101 type stuff. Um, so they all just kind of sit there a little bit in silence, waiting for like the punchline before uh, Kiri pipes up and says, well, there are several different ways you can get magic from a god. Um, You could enter in some sort of contractual pact in which you, um, they grant you magical boons in exchange for your soul or additional 
powers or, you know, perhaps, um, perhaps like legislative power, perhaps political power, um, you are working in a very one-to-one ratio of you performing these goods and they will receive these services, or you performing these services and they will receive these goods. Um, You also have people who serve gods as clerics and their power comes from their belief in the divine. They hold close to the ideals of the god and their belief in those ideals channel through the power and from the power of the god, shaping the god and shaping themselves. Um, You also have people who are just granted... Very good, Kiri. Thank you. That is enough. Now, a more complicated question befitting your stations. Say that we have a god of uncertainty. And, as a domain of uncertainty, cannot manifest itself like a ball of fire, or as an all-seeing eye or as the other elemental forms of magic that one could associate with a god. And now we know that gods, when they make contracts, they shape the world around them for the people that make those contracts under the fabric of nature and reality, as Kiri has so eloquently put it for us. So, we have to ask ourselves... What would the world look like if the domain of uncertainty became the most powerful and widely interacted with domain on the continent? Uh, Ralph speaks up, kind of, probably the, the most burly of all of the Arcanaeans, and says... Yeah, it'd probably look like this bullshit. That is exactly, Ralph, what I was thinking as I was walking down the mountain. So, here's the sitch. Up on the mountain in Vrular, we destroyed what I believe to be a giant behemoth rock monster that was infected with the corruption that we've seen, infect the land, and infect the animals and the people. Now, we were expecting that whatever we felled at the top of the mountain would have a cascading effect upon the land, because so many of the magical, big, bad things that we deal with work that way, as a source of magic, destroy the source, it peters out, but we're not dealing with a one-off lich or dragon or what have you, but a god and its domain. So now here's the real question. If we're fighting a belief system, and the people that believe in it, what do we do now to remove that corruption of uncertainty from Koira? Uh, Jasper offers a... I mean, we could start some government propaganda. This is what I would like you for to do in the meantime. This is going to be an ongoing question, and I've got much to do with my companions. But I would like you to sort of brainstorm both magical and mundane solutions of how we can start bringing a bit more order and certainty to the world. They all kind of, like, look at each other. 
and um, Ilya is the one who says, Yes, sir. We'll get right on that. Um, question, are we doing this uncertainty before or after we... Are, are we going... What are we doing with the briar? We've, we've got a lot of intel. Are we leaving it? Are we destroying it? Are we infiltrating? Or... A mix of a lot of those things, I would hazard a guess. The immediate plan is to uh, cut the weeds, so to speak, and come and do what we intended to do all along, which was destroy the immediate threat of the gathered officials and enemies that are over yon hill. But we also need to gather some information about their organizational structure, and yes, I think infiltrating the nests of the Briar and the Hooded Lantern is in the cards in the intermediate future as well. And I don't intend you all to do this alone either. This is going to be my work as well for the foreseeable future. And of course, I can't make any of you do anything, but I would appreciate the help because I trust all of you. Yeah, well, we're, uh, we're kind of in too deep now to quit, so guess we have to trust you too. Uh, Roth says with a smirk. (laughs) That's the spirit. Okay, I need to go do some serious PR management, so be well. Yeah, yeah, we'll get back to solving all your problems for you, Magnus. Uh, Magnus just, like, smiles and um, then steals himself and returns back to his friends. Yeah, as you go, you can hear uh, Kiri say, okay, so I think the best (laughs) point of action is, and then like it kind of goes off on different brainstorming techniques. Um, God bless you. Getting things done. Love them. Uh, As that's happening, Winnie and Arcos, are you doing anything in particular? I feel like I would, we'd be standing outside. Yeah, I I feel like we're (laughs) rehearsing the talking points probably. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, how does this sound? Our god has not abandoned us yet. Well, I mean, not not everyone (laughs) is a worshiper of uh, Feria, so maybe let's uh, avoid saying the word our god. Like, no one's abandoned us. Like, let's let's, uh, get off of that. Let's, um, you know, we're trying to combat the disbelief here, so let's... Positive, focus on the positive, focus on uh, the future, where we're going, what we want to do, try again. All right, all right. We're confident moving forward to build, pick up broken pieces, and upon placing them together, construct a brighter future for all people on this great land. Yes, that's what we're working towards. That's much better. I... I hate to interrupt the rehearsal, but how do you think it's going in there, in the tent? Oh, I'm sure Magnus is up on a pedestal trying to be a, a professor, as he always is. But uh, I, the Arcanades can get some uh, get stuff done, so I trust him. I've worried about him of late. He hasn't been the same since uh, since his wife left. Yeah, I mean, that does a lot to a person, losing your spouse. 
Uh, I am so sorry. I, I, I forgot. I, uh... <clears throat> yeah, no, it's, it's fine. I've had, I've had a lot of time to, you know, heal. <sighs> He's just my friend. He's mine too. We're going through this together. We're doing this for them. You're right. In, in fact, I like that. We're doing this for them. We're doing this so no one else has to go through it. That's honest, it's sincere, and it's accurate. I think we've really found our message. Yeah, I think so. Thank you, Winnie. I'm here to help, as long as uh, those cue cards don't get messed up in the process. Just, like, go off your gut. I trust Julian, though. I trust Julian a little more than I trust Magnus with that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, and as as soon as you finish saying that, Magnus, you walk up. Yeah, me and Julian around the corner, and we've got some note cards that we've been writing down. And uh, as we round the corner, Magnus is like, Oh, yes, no, we should make him work in scrum diddlyumptious into the speech. Yeah, write that. <laughs> Magnus, you know, I love to yes and you, but I do feel like this is kind of very important. I know. I'm just so stressed and this everybody's so serious. It's hard. I Usually I've got like some pranks up my sleeve just to sort of take the edge off. You know what I mean? This is just yeah. dire. Oof. Oh, hey, guys. Hey. Uh, sorry to keep you waiting. Yeah, we're not going to work scrum diddly umptious into the script. Uh, you can cross that one out, Julian. Well, X yeah, on the umpskillity umptious A. <laughs> Julian is erasing it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, everybody's a critic, I guess. Uh, I just would like it to go as smooth as possible. Right. Well, um... You'll probably end up giving this speech one or two times. Well, I wonder, um, I think I know a spell or something. Is there any way that Magnus can, like... Is there, like, a magic ma broadcasting? <laughs> That's kind of what I was going to ask. I was like, is there any way to, like, this broadcast this, like... What the fireside chat? Koira, or at least, like, get a bunch of scribes to, like, write it down. Yeah, I would think um, this would have been something that you would have prepared beforehand. Like, you would have understood that you probably will need to make an announcement. So, um... Magnus, you do have those magical ravens, yes? The little smoke pigeon are they smoke pigeons? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were made out of smoke. Yeah, I think they were crows or ravens or something. Yeah. Oh. I think it was uh yeah, I think it was ravens. I think it was ravens. I think it was ravens because of had, you know the vibes. Yeah, I had you specifically pigeons. had a pigeon. You had regular pigeons, <laughs> messenger pigeon. Pigeons. Oh my god. Yeah, so um Magnus, I will say. Oh, let's let's roll some let's roll some dice about this. I'd love to roll some dice about this. Okay, I think it will be. Um, so the target number is going to be four. Um, this is just going to be a spellcasting power roll, and for every raise you get four, if you get a four, people are going to like the scribe. The scribes are going to take it down. You'll be able to send it out. For every raise you get, that increases the efficacy of the message for what you're able to pull together in the short amount of time. So that's like if you want to sort of like enchant uh, a piece of scroll to like capture the likeness of who's speaking. So it sort of animates and it speaks it outward versus just a simple voice recording like a messaging spell. Um, 
So every raise will kind of make it that level cooler. If you just one raise, you get some scribes and you can immediately send the transcription of the message to whoever. Okay. Uh, Yes. And then so I I roll a skill die plus my my hero die, right? Yes. That's how this works. Your wild card die. Wild card die. Some of them are villains. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. Let's see how I do this. Err. Okay. So that is an eight. Uh, so that's one raise. I think I have a, okay. I have a calculator is, in the in the yeah. yeah I, I, I don't believe you me. I keep an eye on it. <laughs> um, yeah. So that is one raise. Uh, so with one raise, I will say that you are able to get um, a transcription of the speech as Arcos delivers it, as well as a sort of enchanted recording so when someone opens the script not only can they read and have an instant like copy of it but they can hear arcos dictating um as if it were in real time amazing yeah that's about as as fancy as i i would hope that it would get uh yeah. getting and, a mass text from from <laughs> yeah. from magnus um amazing yeah so uh i think Magnus is going to do some spell work to like prepare a bunch of enchanted pieces of parchment sort of ahead of time um, so that when the scribes write on them, it'll just do that. Um, And uh, otherwise, uh, I'll leave it up to my friends to sort of get the speech ready. Yeah. And um, if you want, Kiri would probably be the Archanaid who would be the most skilled at helping you with that. Hmm. Sure. If you wanted assistance. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah. I'll I'll go ahead and send uh Alfalfa to go fetch Kiri for me. Um pull her away from the brain uh storming session. Them, Them afraid for the brainstorming session. Yeah. Um yeah, and they do so. They're very eager to help. <laughs> Hello, do you still remember that uh, fancy letter enchanting trick I taught you way back? Oh, yes, definitely. I use it all of the time. Well, wonderful, because we're going to be using it a lot in the next uh, 30 minutes to 45 minutes. So, uh, all together now. Yeah, um, and um, you two begin. Uh, Kiri, who um, does this pretty often as uh, they specialize in contractual-based magic that mm-hmm. often invi- involves literal contracts, um, very practiced at enchanting parchment, has a lot of it uh, ready to go and begins sort of laying it out and honestly shows you a little bit uh, about like making it a very efficient process of, you know, transcripting magically one speech over like 12 or 20 different enchantments. How many of these do you want to send out? Um, I want to uh, send basically one letter to every um allied like town or settlement that we would have contact with like leadership in so like anywhere that there's like you know like any hamlet that has like a knight that is like tangentially holding things together and like any like duke or like duchy that is like still running things because i know there's no like real kings anymore it's just like independent city states sort of yeah vibes like to anybody that would like read that and not just be like oh so that's where we should go and kill them all you know (laughs) yeah like we're probably not sending anything to like like alvrion or anything like that that's like totally taken over so yeah and i mean i would say probably even in avrion you still have like a contact you still probably have a network of contacts that's pretty underground but you you would be able to find a way to get the word there if not directly 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that seems reasonable. And your individual travels, especially with the past year and a half or so, you all have been traveling together. You definitely have people who are actively waiting on this information who would some who know exactly where you are right now, others who just know that you've been on this quest for a while. So that's easy enough. So, yeah, as you guys are getting that enchantment ready. What are your other two doing? I'm I'd probably be rehearsing the the cue cards, just just looking them over, knowing what order they're supposed to be in. Um, I'm probably uh, trying to decide whether I want to get one sent to Envy's family or not. Just kind of debating that in my head. I still haven't decided. Um, if not just for her own, like definitely not for like the whole court or anything like that. Just for like her family to know what's up with me <laughs> at the time. Okay. Um, as you all are doing that, Julian uh, has just gone around to gather people up about like telling everyone about half an hour from uh, when you've started this to gather. It's well past twilight into the night. Um, the moon is not in sight. It is fairly dark. You guys just missed um, the f- new moon. No, no, no. Other way around full moon no hold on this is important i have to remember it uh, <laughs> i love the cycle the moon gotta important. write this All down right. got it, it. <laughs> there are there are two moons um because it's yeah, a fantasy world moons. obviously oh, that's <laughs> important yeah. to know are they on the same cycle no well kind of actually honestly i don't want to commit to it because i actually want to look up to see how only one I, they're not on the same type cycle. I'm going to say only one of them is tidally locked to the oceans. The other is just sort of a revolving body and much smaller. You would be just barely past. No, just before a new moon. So you're at like a waning crescent. All this to say. <laughs> All this to say that it's dark. Um, and even without that, it is still incredibly cloudy. So the clouds are slightly illuminated in that light purplish color where the moon is behind. Um, but other than that, it is the roar of a campfire and some arcane torches put around. You're not worried about light drawing any attention to your camp as it is all under the cover of an illusion. But that is the setting. Orange light flickers on the eager and expectant faces of the Grand Arcanaids, of some other trusted mages and warriors and spies of different kinds. Looking toward you, Arcos. Arcos is is sweating a little bit. Brennan is sweating a lot. I, I am so fucking nervous. When he's giving okay. you a double thumbs up from the side. <laughs> that makes me feel a little bit better. Oh god. Okay. You got this. Friends. We have fought together this last year and a half to restore order and a better world to our beloved land of Koira. 
uh, I'm gonna like for the first time squint just a little bit and then like make a note that's upside down to to Magnus. <laughs> it's just a sign that says uh, we have vanquished a great foe. <laughs> <laughs> we have vanquished a great foe. But as the ancient laws that govern our reality have always been. The balance of resources is a zero-sum game. All is cyclical. And when one is placed on the great scale of reality, another equal place exists to outweigh it. He's doing great. Did we write any of this? I don't think we did. <laughs> With that in mind, the great foe is vanquished deep in the briar on Mount Rulaw, where we met our enemy and felled it. However, a battle has been won and a war has begun. There is no end without a beginning, nor is a beginning without an end. And it is our job to not let the battle end on Brular, but to pick up the pieces of a shattered Koira. And when we put them back together, Construct a better future. From the tundras of Tyrion, the taiga of Avrion, the forests of Forlorn, the jungles of Graz, the plains of Rel, the swamps of Tyrion. There is no hero among us but a band of countless soldiers and strong souls. Magnus is going to hold up a sign that just says a huge applause. Just like press and digitates <laughs> a huge applause. <laughs> yeah, okay. And remember, we must pause for applause. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say the applause isn't like super super loud because you are still like you're under an illusion spell you are still hiding from an enemy camp so people start clapping and then they immediately like hush themselves <laughs> true Kiri and Julie just casting like hush spells like no shut the fuck up, shut the, fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> the most important thing to remember is not that the great ill has been felled but that we are confident in our direction and we know where we are going to heal this nation and make it whole Kraith is a better land because of you and our job is to continue on that path the greatest most important step in any journey is the next one. And we humbly enlist you all 
to take that one with us. Wow! Yeah, yeah there's there's like uh, clapping. There, some of the mages are like kind of shooting these little sparkles out of Brandon's their fingers as they're clapping. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, he killed that shit. Arcos for president. Yeah. I don't happening. even want to make you like roll anything for that. That was good, but you can <laughs> if you want. Just, uh, <laughs> extra spicy. God. That was so good. My therapist yeah. is like, have you had any stressful experiences? <laughs> <laughs> no, the dude, you like, is dying so well. <laughs> the <continent laughs> is dying. I I've been fighting it. a blight for fucking forever, and we killed it. Now I'm still gonna give a speech. <laughs> Dude, you're She's gonna like, listen okay. to that back in a week, and you're gonna be like, "Man, I slaughtered." <laughs> yeah, once Han so puts good. the music it's behind be it, it's gonna be good. <laughs> it's gonna be so good. <sighs> that whole speech, I was just a meme of the man saluting the and crying. Salute. Like, I felt, yeah. That was the hardest thing I've ever done in Guildfellows. I'm not rolling for. This. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that was great. Um, you, as you finish your speech, um, there's loudness. Everyone eventually quiets themselves down. Um, and then, uh, a voice of, I don't know, someone, you would probably know everyone here's name. Um, and they all have names, <laughs> good names, Great strong names. names, the phenomenal Thought names, of names. <laughs> Thought of names that aren't just the names of y- your characters, NPCs. I almost said Ellie and I was like, that yeah, one's taken. taken. Sorry. The quality that <laughs> comes to mind when I think of these names is premeditated. Um, me every three seconds in season two. <laughs> that happens to the best of us. Uh, it is a woman whose name is Yannick. Um, strong name, And Yannick. she said, I told you they're strong names. And she says, so what now? Like, and she's asking this as a genuine, like, question. Not even, like, not trying to be contrarian or anything, but... <laughs> We've done it. We're here. But now? For the details, I'm going to like give like a help me look to Winnie. <laughs> we are analyzing our next steps forward. And also flash the look to, to Magnus and Julian. Okay, uh, Magnus would like to. So he saw the war room, right? Um, and I like to think mm-hmm. that he like he. You, you said there was like maps and battle plans all across the war room. Yeah. So uh, presumably that, that indicates we had some sort of battle plan to go take out this uh, war camp, right? Yeah, I would say likely what happened is um, as you guys set up this base, you set them up with the intent of gathering intel and doing reconnaissance on. Uh, Briar, which is that war camp, while you guys went up to deal with that, so that when you came down, you could figure out how to best advance. Amazing. Um, so besides the Archonaids, who else was working on that strategy? Was Yannick part of that? What is her role? Um, I would say that Yannick is... Um, Yannick would have been one of the people who is in charge of managing like three other individuals who kind of who actually go in and do the reconnaissance. So Yannick herself would have gone along with three others. Um, so she kind of reports the Archonaids. Um, I would say like in a hierarchical sense where there isn't like a directly clear one. It's not like the Archonaids are in charge explicitly of everybody else. Um, Yannick was probably someone who connected with Winnie, um, who 
you would have known like through working in the cities um very good at what she does very good at gathering intel uh so she's someone who kind of i mean isn't like working as a consultant but uh who's largely responsible for getting information and would be happy to advise you on the particulars of whatever course of action you want to take. So when she says what now, she's kind of asking, okay, so like, what is my next goal? What information do you guys need from us? What am I supposed to tell the people who report to me? And she's pretty well respected. So she's also more likely to be the person who asks because no one else really wants to. Perfect. Okay. I love this person. This person is so helpful um, <laughs> in all scenarios. Um, Yannick, just the person I needed. Uh, Magnus would like to try to conjure up a precedigitated, like, this may be complicated. Yeah, he's a legend. He can do it. I want to precedigitate basically a magical holographic map of the of Briar, of the town. Yeah. Um, Magnus, I will say... Uh, as Yannick says, what now? You step forward toward the the large fire at the center of camp. And as you extend your hand, the flames lick upward and the embers of light begin to sort of coalesce into thin stationary uh, pictures, like a charcoal sketch in the air, but written in glowing fire, kind of illuminated, flittering uh a large representation of the map of this area of Koira. Wonderful. So dope. Also, just love that description. Uh, magic is so much fun. Uh, so Magnus conjures this three-dimensional map um, and uh, kind of gestures for Yang to come like stand beside him um, and Arcos and Winnie kind of up on this raised platform so that she can sort of gesture to the map and direct people around it um and i tell yannick um i understand that you have been primarily in charge of gathering information about this here town and devising some strategies with our arcanaids and other experts in the room would you please kindly point out to us on the map where the concentration of forces are and how you think we now with the combined force of us three as well might best capture this town for the forces of certainty and light Right. Well, so Briar is laid out in a circular structure. There's a wall erected around the perimeter with three main gates. There's barracks, mess, general medical, tents toward the outside. Some of the barracks are buildings, some of the medical areas are, others are just semi-permanent tents. As you move further inward, you get more important equipment, storage, and munitions. Um, they also have some meeting and strategic areas. Those are more permanent buildings, uh, some of which we weren't able to get in because uh, not without possibility of being discovered. So we left those alone. Some of the generals also are housed in their other buildings of unclear purpose. We weren't able. To, we've only had about two days, so we didn't get too far inward. Um, it's about the size of a small village. They have some troops on site. It's more of a command center. So those who stay there are generally the coterie of whatever generals are staying in the area, but it's not really a residential place. They seem to be trucking everything in from Karin. And, um, I mean, that's about it. If you wanted to, my recommendations for an assault would be different than an infiltration if you wanted 
to break it out from the inside or overwhelm them with force. Uh, we could probably figure out the timing, depending on how many people are in the city. It looked, it didn't look barren or abandoned, but uh, many of the barracks seem to be empty just for timing or whatnot. So, in other words... There's a very dark energy within. Not surprising. So, would it be your advice to strike, strike now while it's dark and the iron is hot, so to speak, or should we take the time to infiltrate? And I think Magnus sort of asks that to his companions as well. It's like, do we want to sneak? Do we want to fight? Well, I think if we're planning on... If we're planning on using a full force, we should do it right before dawn. That's when things tend to come alive in the camp. Um, if we're planning on going more of the stealth route, we should definitely wait until the cover of nightfall. If you don't... If you want to... Well... What exactly is our end goal? Are we are we trying to take everyone out? Are we trying to take out who's in charge? Are we just trying to get surrender? Primary objective is to reduce this town to a state where it cannot be used as an active command center, since it seems to be the heart of at least the operational side of the briar and the corruption, etc. Our secondary objective is to capture at least one high-ranking official that could give us more in-depth intel about the operations of the uh, goings-on across the continent as a whole. In that case, I think going under cover of night, infiltrating quietly, trying to take out some sensitive systems, trying to eliminate any threats, perhaps while they are unawares, and then go from there. Maybe we can get them to surrender, maybe we can get the people to retreat. I think with the numbers we have and the numbers they have, I don't... I'm not entirely confident that we could just brute force them unless you were just trying to destroy the entire camp. I think if we want information, we're probably better going the sneaky route. Yes, I'm sort of envisioning a one-two punch of sneak around and then once all the people we care about are clear... I can bring, and the Arcanaids as well, and I think uh, he looks over to uh, Ralph and Jasper in the room, can do some heavier hitting once we get what we need. But we certainly want to minimize the loss of life to the extent possible, so starting clandestine is a good idea to me. Winnie, I don't suppose that you have your expertise in sneaking around the forest. That might be helpful. Yeah, I was thinking I might be able to, with a few other ranged fighters, take out anyone that's on lookout on, on the, the walls, on the gates and such. That might be a good place to start. So we're uh, to the north of Briar, but there's a guard tower on the west. I think if you were able to capture that, you'd have a pretty good view of most of the inside of the camp. It would be a great vantage point. Yeah, I'll start there. And Arcos, I think you lead in the main force that will do some of the distracting and fighting while we exfiltrate. Whoever we need to exfiltrate makes a good deal of sense to me. It would be my honor. This sounds like an excellent plan. I have full confidence in winning. Nobody better in the whole world. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm a bit louder than you are. <laughs> Looks down at giant feet. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, 
and then Ilya. You have uh, clearly sharpened up your teleportation skills since we have uh, last had a lesson. I think you and I, it makes sense, being the most mobile, can zap in, grab a few froppy-looking starred generals and get out pretty unnoticed. Would you be up for that? It's what I'm here for. Ralph, Jasper, and Kiri, you're on full chaos. Um, yeah. Uh, what other forces as do we soon have? As, uh, oh, go for it. Never mind. As soon as you say they're on full chaos, Jasper uh, rips uh, his shirt open. <laughs> 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 Buttons. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. <laughs> oh, God bless Ready. Jasper. I'm so excited for Winnie Gear Solid. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> My stealth score is probably not as high as it should be, but it's not nothing. It's going to be great. I'm going to grab some popcorn for this. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. All right, so are we going tonight? Uh, I think I think that we should go as soon as we are able and ready. Do we need to rest up any uh, recharge for magic spells, anything like that? Yeah, I was gonna ask, do we get our power points back from when we smacked around the uh, the behemoth? Yeah. I think so. I think if you take a few hours to... You guys gotta eat food. Yeah. Um, And, like, rest a bit. I think the time you take trying to nail down the finer details of this um, as people are getting ready. You can get your, you can get your stuff back. Amazing. Okay. So... You all rest up. What is the order of operations on this? Um, I mean, I think we get the guard tower first, I think. Um, right? Unless anyone has I, any objections to that? I th Yeah, it sounds like... Not a real strategist IRL, but I would, I would assume take out the guard tower and the sentries. Uh, Arcos leads a force to, like cause some sort of distraction away from the command tent. Uh, Ilya, Yannick, and Magnus sneak into the command center maybe with some teleportation magic and then boogie, at which point we retreat our forces back so that then the three of us plus Arcanades can like actually drop the hammer on this place. So That's kind of the plan I envision. So guard tower, distraction, and teleportation happening roughly simultaneously. Adjudicate all of that, and then regroup. Yes. Okay. Um, Yannick uh, describes to you all a um, just sort of a general meeting like area. It's uh, a building. It, it's not like a break room, but like it's just kind of. <laughs> I mean, there's just like tables. It's just what they do. It's not like the head war room. It's not like where they keep all strategy stuff, but like when they need an area. Um, to take and a it's break usually, in. It yeah. Would be this well, it's room. not even like a break. They use it for other <laughs> meetings and stuff when they're working. Yeah, but so it's like, just to kind like of heat an... up their leftovers. <laughs> <and> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a fridge Anyways, in there. Yannick. <laughs> describes to you all the building and tells you roughly where it is in the camp for you to um, for you all to regroup at once uh, it's necessary so as you all do things to prepare 
Is there anything in particular you want to get ready before you head out? Or should we just jump into it? Um, I'm going to gather... I'm sure there, we have at least one or two other archers with us in this camp. Yeah, you probably brought them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have probably two or three uh, come with me in case there's a lot of them uh, in the guard tower. A lot of people up there. Um, just also so we can strike from different points. Um, and then also I'm going to ready my spells that will be helpful for when I enchant my yeah. bow and shoot at them real good. Um, yeah, you have uh, three other archers with you. Irelea, Cassini, and Volok. Um, I would say Irelea and Volok, uh, you haven't known as long as Cassini, but Cassini is one of the many young uh, women who you've taken under your charge to teach them uh, how to use a bow and how to survive and how to fight for what they believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you all head out. So this town is roughly circular. There is a wall with, there's a uh, gate on the southern, western, and eastern sides, roughly. Um, you know, the tower above the western gate is the one, uh, the largest one. And uh, it makes sense. This place is butted up to a mountain range on the east. So uh, how do you want to approach um okay you said we're up against a mountain range on the east um is yeah then you guys are you guys right now your camp is to the north of briar got it um got it got it uh yeah just any like um vegetation is there any vegetation probably not we're on a volcano we're on a mountain range yeah there's uh there's like some rocks um (laughs) there's actually some um like an entirely dead forest which is where you guys have been hiding your camp basically oh, okay, perfect. uh none of this is normal plant it's right, right, all right. blighted uh-huh. and darkened and spooky got it okay um, we'll move so there is some area yeah we'll move through there just um for low visibility low chance of being spotted yeah. and then if we can if we can get within range while we're still in if yeah in i woods, would say there's roughly like a hundred feet around the the wall of the camp that has been intentionally cleared out. Okay. So they can see when people are directly approaching. Um, but that is within your bow range. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, I will uh we'll kind of set up. I'll have the Aralea, Cassini, and Volak. I'll probably have them kind of spread out from different uh vantage points if we can kind of get a sort of dimensional um, yeah so um you take it more or less head on not directly um there is a road road is a very strong word Mm -hmm. um that clears out from the west gate connecting this theoretically eventually to kareen um so you are kind of closer to that central point with uh cassini to the north of you and volok and aralea at some point can uh, sneak across that road to the other side and be okay. to the south of it. So you have someone on either side of the road just keeping an eye out in case anything is approaching or leaving. Mm-hmm. Yannick said that this. you guys waited several hours. It's the dead of night. There's not a whole lot of movement happening. And you have an eye clearly on where the guard tower is. Okay. Can I look up there to spot how many people are up there? Yes, you can. 
Am I rolling for that, I assume? Yes. Um, Just regular note. target number of four. Notice. Perfect. I'm just imagining your blue hair sticking out of a cardboard box as you do all the sneaking. <laughs> yeah, no, so uh, I'm in an archer mode. I think since it's the dead of night right now, um, Winnie's hair is probably, like, bright blue. Not that it, like, glows or anything, so it wouldn't, like, give her yeah. away. But it's, like, bright blue, like, day clouds going through it, and it's up in a ponytail. Um, I rolled a five <laughs> for notice. Okay, so as you were looking at this guard tower, um, you notice a few things. The wall itself um, is about maybe like six-ish feet wide. It's not huge, but it is enough for a patrol to walk around it. Um, and the tower itself goes up about 30 feet. It really extends higher than any building in the camp. Um, there are embrasures that you can see in uh, like the arrow slits in the walls. Um, you can't see well enough to tell whether they are manned. You assume at least some of them are there. Um, let's see. There's two facing each direction on either level. So on the second level and the third level, the first level kind of opens and the, the gate to the town is in the base of the tower. There's also um, a guard stationed at the top. And you watch, he's standing, moves to the other side of the tower, and another guard takes his place. So there's two people patrolling the top at any given time. And the tower is flush with the outside, roughly flush with the outside of the wall. It extends backwards, maybe like 15 feet or so, like inward to the city. So they are patrolling an area, and so there is um, a walkable roof. Um, <clears throat> got it. And so you you keep an eye and you count. You notice um, the guards on the wall will walk in to the tower and then out. It is hard to tell exactly as the gates are closed. Um, you don't see anyone like necessarily coming in or out from the lower level. Um, but it's possible they all look pretty identical. They're wearing very similar armor, so it could be one guard going in. And walking out the other side, that guard could go in, someone else could walk. It's hard to get exact numbers. Um, as you stand there watching, how long would you spend looking, keeping an eye on the guards? Um, Probably like somewhere between 10 to 20 minutes just okay. to kind of get a sense of routine. Yeah. If you're watching for like, let's say you're watching for the full 20 minutes, you know there are at least four guards patrolling on the top of the wall. There are two guards on the ground outside, likewise patrolling. Um, and there are two at the top of the building. You do see, you don't actually know, you don't see anyone in the um, peeking out of the embrasures. There's no clear open windows. Okay. Um, so that's eight total? Two... For yes. Okay. Cool. Um I so you said um so there's nowhere I could like I could take a clear shot from? Is that what you mean when there's no open windows? The if there so the guards on the out you can see eight guards. Yeah. And you could get a clear shot of those. The okay. issue okay. is 
the guards um, who are walking around the the city and you're timing like the speed at which they're walking and the ones who are walking on the wall, like they're all pretty evenly spaced. So if you see one guard on this side, there's another guard on the opposite side of the of the city patrolling the outside and the same with the walls. Okay. You can very clearly see the two guards at the top of the tower. Um, it is dark and night. They're kind of backlit. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is mostly because your elven eyes are very keen mm-hmm. and acclimated uh, to spotting these sorts of things. Okay. Um, I think we'll probably just go level by level then. Yeah. Um, I'm going to whisper over to Cassini. Um, I think we'll get the top ones first. That's a good idea. All right. And I'm going to, uh, I'll, I'll get the one on the left. Okay. I'm uh, going to take a shot. Yeah, Cassini looks and uh, readies her bow. I'm just going to, mm, I don't re- I don't really want to roll for the NPCs because I feel like it'd be kind of shitty mm-hmm. if I rolled badly and that reflected poorly on you. Yeah. So I'm going to have you roll um, for your shot will count for both of them. Okay. Um, so what I'm going to do is, hold on. Don't tell me your results yet. I haven't rolled anything. Excellent. Love that for me. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Hitman Winnie. Just <laughs> <laughs> this is what she's good at. If anybody dies from a falling chandelier, just know it's Winnie. Take <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Took out the chain, yeah. It's awesome. And I assume my other two compatriots are going to follow my lead on the other side. Yes. I'm going to have... Who are who do you want them to be shooting at? Um, Probably the people in the middle, yeah. Yeah, so the people on the middle level, they're walking around the wall of the city. Okay. So... There might, if you time it right, you could get two of them in range at the same time. Yeah. Okay, let's do that then. Okay. Okay. So you. I assume we talked about this before getting into position. Just all hand signals. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sniper elite Winnie edition. I don't know if they all have night vision, dark vision, whatever. (laughs) Okay. So here is how we are going to do this. Um, you are going to roll to hit, and I believe your hit needs to beat their parry. parry. Yeah. Okay. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. That sounds right. Um. Yeah, I'm just gonna have you do one roll for this, and then another roll for the other team. Okay. Okie dokie, let's hope I roll okay. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a 12 for the first roll. Um, That definitely beats their parry. Let's What go. is the damage on that? Is that a natural 12? That is uh, 10 plus 1 plus 1, okay. so no. Um, can I... I readied my spells at the camp, so can we say I used my spite, my smite spell to uh, sure. increase the damage? Um, yes. Is that typically something you have to cast before you strike? Um, it is. It doesn't say like a duration or anything like that. It's like the duration is like five rounds or whatever. We, okay. ta- we talked in episode one about how like she would have cast yeah. on the whole quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. It's been so long. Yeah, it has. I think we stacked it last time per, like, per how many raises I got. Yeah. Um, I think... Um, Okay, yeah. This I think I want to handle this differently for the next hit, but Okay. I mean, however you want to do it. Um, I think what we'll do since you're rolling and since you have really high stats is each raise will be how many people that you hit. So you're going for two people, so you just get one raise and I'm just going to assume that if you hit them, you're going to take them down pretty easily. Okay. So should I add anything? Should I add anything? Should I just use like one race towards that then since i'm only going for two people i think so wait yeah so add plus two to my damage for this yes okay instead of plus four okay so that is nine for damage okay so that beats their toughness score yes um which means that they take a wound you are sniping in the dead of night you are one of the best archers in the world. <laughs> um, and as you square up to take the shot, you each pull back your bow. This is something that um, you can't yell. This all needs to be in perfect sync. You breathe in. And as you breathe out, you glance at Cassini, you both look back. You breathe in again, and at the exact same time, release the bow. Yours with a magical energy, hers with a perfect precision. Yours sails straight through the eye, hers straight through the chest. Both of the beings at the top of the tower fall inward not alarming anyone on the outside a few moments after that the two on the other side of the road begin to take their aim at the two walking on so one is kind of toward the rear end on the south side both of them are roughly on the south side um, so because of where they're located, they can kind of ang- they're kind of angled to be able to see them. I want you to go ahead and roll me those hits. Okay. Let's go. That is an eighteen. That's what's up. With an eighteen, uh, go ahead and roll your damage. Um. Okay. How uh, how much should I add to that? <laughs> You can go ahead and add your smite to that. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right, because it's not me. Sorry. Um, that is uh, 10. 10 beats their toughness. Um, and 18 definitely <laughs> clears all of their parry. <laughs> um, I will say with that roll, um, Volok and Aralea, again, in perfect synchronicity, release the arrows, and they sink in both of them straight in both of their chests um these two one falls flat on the wall the other falls over and downward on the ground just as the last guard or one of the guards on the ground is approaching Volok very swiftly undoes pulls another arrow from his quiver pulls back releases 
and takes that second guard out before they have a moment to alert anyone, maybe even before they realized what they had seen. So now you have one, two, three, five out of eight guards left. No, you have three of eight guards left. You have hit five of the eight guards on the outside of the city. The other three are slowly going to be walking around to see what happened. Uh, Or they're not going to walk around to see what happened. They're going to be walking around and they're going to see these dead bodies. Yeah. You also don't know if anyone is in the tower. You are certain if anyone inside the tower uh, was watching that they wouldn't have necessarily seen based on where you shot them. Mm-hmm. What is your next move? Oh, God. Um, I'm going to tell Cassini to... Um, is there a way that we can... Is there like a clear entrance to the guard tower that we get? Well, first of all... Is there anyone in our way to get into the guard tower so we would be able to check? There is about there's about a hundred feet of open space. Okay. If someone was in the guard tower, they would likely be able to see you crossing. <sighs> and you know, you have a few minutes. Um, if anyone from the guard tower exits on the southern side and starts walking fairly soon, they will see uh, they'll come across the one guard who has fallen. They're all sort of moving clockwise. So those guards, you still have probably like a minute uh, for the guard on the outer parts of the city or maybe a little bit more before they see the two dead bodies. You have less time on the top because there are more guards and they're evenly spaced. I'm going to give you a minute to think about this as we jump really quickly to Rob. Howdy. Hi. Um, okay. Where exactly do you want to be teleported into based on the description you were given by Yannick? Right. So I think um, Magnus is uh, like, I think maybe Witty wouldn't notice this. But I think Alfalfa has been sort of stalking the shadows behind her company to sort of like keep some tabs on it um mm-hmm. uh just on what's happening i think he sees that the, the that rotation is going well so we think that the the officers are in the guard tower are they in a separate building that is like a command like a officer's bunk tent yeah. sort of thing there is a separate uh there are actually three separate areas where officers bunk so most of uh so the guard tower is literally just for like active you know people who are working and awake uh there are barracks for most of the low level uh soldiers and guards there are three separate buildings that house individual officers gotcha um you said there's three separate buildings for officers Mm -hmm. um they don't keep them all in the same space in case like something happened yeah yeah like (laughs) magnus uh magnus happened Yeah. yeah um Right, so we only care about getting like one or two people. Um, so uh, I think Magnus uh, will confer a little bit more with like uh, the chaos duty uh, people. Um, I think he's going to pick one of the three to teleport into, probably the one that is like closest to the exterior wall of the city, like whatever can be like reached by going through the fewest physical barriers. Yeah, I would say what would probably make the most sense then is to teleport on the one that's closest to the West because that will be the one closest to Winnie. 
Okay. So uh, the plan I'm going to share with the um, Archonaids and the rest of the soldiers who are there to sort of like support us while we infiltrate is like, if we can, if me and Ilya can go in and grab an officer and take him back out of the war zone, um, if the other people could then just like do their worst against the other officer towers and uh, people in there to just like try to destroy any chain of command before things get too hairy, that's kind of what I would like them to do. But I think the western towers where where Magnus and Ilya are going to try to warp into and then warp out okay yeah so um are you bringing yannick with you um i think where's yannick going with uh arcos group i think uh mm, she's her specialty is not like command and like fighting it's like infiltration and stuff right so i think yeah i would take her with us as like consultation i think you know whatever troop she has of like people that are good at working fast she, and in like tight spaces to, to get in here. She'll, yeah, she'll probably go with you and then send uh, her other two reports with Arcos because they're the ones who have the actual like experiential knowledge of how this place is laid out or at least more than the rest of you have. Cool. That makes sense. Um, yeah. So you and Ilya, uh, based on the description that Yannick gives you, um, Ilya is able to... Uh, scry on the location to see where you need to teleport and says all right there's um there's like a couple people sleeping in in this one i do we want to go straight into the bedroom you want to go down at downstairs and then sneak up you have a way to restrain them um does make it well i mean freezing them in time does do wonders don't it um I think I have a funnier thing. Um, I think that works. Okay. Um, yes, I have a way to restrain them. As long as I can touch one, should be fine. Um, yes. So, um, does there seem to be a bedroom for what you can scry that is uh, bigger or more grandiose than any of the others? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Well, we'll be teleporting directly into that one then, I think. All right. Everybody ready? Holds out her hands. And as soon as you all touch, closing the circuit, blink out immediately into this dark room. There is a human sleeping on a bed. Can Magnus see with his eyes general shape, uh, size, and age of this person? Um, yeah, it is a um, human man, older, not older, uh, like younger than you, definitely. Um, but n- like maybe, how old is Magnus again? He's like nearing 40. Okay, so probably like I I would guess like late twenties. Okay, and just a quick glance around the room, like does he seem like he's somebody in charge? Um, a quick glance. They seem important, whoever he is, whoever work. this person is. Oh, that's good enough for government work. Um, Magnus is going to. Um, so I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do in advance. So Magnus would like to sneak up to him. 
Um, there's sort of two ways that he could do this. Um, the one I want to do is to touch him and cast Shape Change to turn him into a frog that Magnus can put into a jar. <laughs> Excellent. Magnus, you creep up toward this person entirely asleep. Actually, go ahead and uh, roll me some stealth. Fuck. Uh, Magnus stomps over to the bed. <laughs> Turn him into a frog. Okay, I'm not unskilled in stealth, which is I'm good get news. Why don't you I am frog? only rolling a d4 here. Um, old d4, d6 action. Little D4, D6 action. Oh, baby, that's a four. That's a four. Exactly one raise. (laughs) You walk as quietly as you can up to this sleeping person. You can tell as you get closer. Looks like a man. Facing the other direction. As you put your hand on his shoulder. Don't be sweaty. Don't be sweaty. <laughs> it's, not, it's not sweaty. Okay, then go. He moves slightly in his sleep. Not awake, but turns toward you. A familiar face. Not entirely like the last time you saw it. Though the skin is melted and healed with burns, you see your brother. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone. It's currently Wednesday, February 7th. We've just released season four, episode... What episode is this? 31? Episode 31. 
I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy whatever episode you're on right now, if you're catching up or if you're on a previous season or whatnot. Um, Yeah, sorry I haven't been updating as much on the mid-roll announcements recently or the post-roll announcements, I guess. Um, Just busy with um, life stuff and other projects and um, that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I think I'm just going to keep them a little more sparse from now on. Don't expect them every episode, but um, most episodes, maybe every other episode. I don't know. Uh, sometimes I just don't have the the time or resources to do it in a timely fashion. Um, but anyway, if I, if I have something really important to update you about, I will do so. Um, and yeah, thank you to Arcane Anthems for providing our season four theme song. Um, if you want to check out his Patreon, go to patreon.com slash arcanaanthems. You can find us on our socials on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And Guildfellows, Amelia's still making a little graphic every week to make a little grid thing for everyone to enjoy. Um, and yeah, I highly recommend going to do that. We want to shout out our Red Circle subs. So we want to say thank you this week to Alice, our Red Circle subscriber. We love you so much and you make our hearts full. If you feel so inclined, you can give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps the show grow and be seen by more people like you. We should be having um, a new episode come out next week. Um, we have some life stuff going on right now, which when aren't we having life stuff go on? Um, but just be aware we might have a, a sparse next few weeks, but we're, we're gonna finish out the season. I promise you we're, if it extends for a little longer than we anticipate, then that happens. But we have a few episodes left of season four, um, about five or six maybe. And, um, yeah, we fully intend on seeing that through and then doing some wrap ups for the show. Um, I'll keep you updated on those when I need to. Um, but just know that things might be bumpy for the next few weeks. Um, and I apologize for that, but you know, life life gets in the way sometimes. If you haven't heard, I have a new podcast out with my friend Mel. Uh, it's a Kingdom Hearts lore podcast. It's called Shedding Starlight. If you're into the Kingdom Hearts series, um, I recommend you go check it out. And uh, it's on YouTube and anywhere you find your podcasts. So yeah, that'll be it. Hopefully we'll have um, an episode out for you guys next week. We'll see. Uh, if not, don't fret. We're not going anywhere. We're just kind of stalled. We're really invested in ending the story, so um, it will happen. Just uh, maybe not on, on consistent as a schedule as usual. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. We love you all so much. Keep your heads up. Stay safe. We love you. See you next time. Bye-bye.